It's been quite some time since I released an Assembly of Silence episode. Those of you who have listened for a while know that I have some ambivalence about the whole idea of doing these shows. And part of it really is about the word show. I presented this as a show in a certain sense to distance myself from the content a little bit. Because I'm well aware that this content is not for everyone and that it has the potential to be upsetting for some. And so placing it within the context of a show, like having music at the beginning and the end, helps to diffuse a little bit of that intensity. And I'd say to some extent that was also what led me to start having guests on the show, a way of kind of avoiding the issue. As much as I enjoyed having those guests, uh, it's a tremendous amount of work and in many respects it feels like a distraction from what the core thing is that I feel I have to offer. But I have these things to offer which are perhaps not really right for the time. Or maybe another way of saying it is that what's the point of offering something if it's just going to cause confusion, misunderstanding? You know, because essentially... If it's true that we're living in Babylon, the confusion of tongues is the baseline reality. And of course, we see just how easily misunderstandings are happening now. Or maybe they're not misunderstandings. Maybe people are understanding quite clearly that, uh, that they're surrounded by people who are not their allies on some level or another. And so this polarization, and you can pick whatever wedge issue you want as the pivot point, and the fact that each of us has some relationship to each of these wedge issues. And so basically you can just imagine just how exactly society is sliced and diced on the basis of all of these different irreconcilable differences. Which is just to say it's basically like a snake pit. It's a minefield to discuss anything these days. There's a feeling of urgency that now more than ever we really need to get our shit together. But realistically speaking, you know, even someone with an incredibly large platform like Jordan Peterson, do we truly believe that he's going to be successful in his various initiatives? I mean, you know, perhaps he will be. I wish him all the luck. I'm not saying he's the guy who I think should run the world or anything like that, but I think he has some worthwhile things to offer. And um, I'll be really surprised if he's able to pull off anything significantly. I mean, it, se it seems to me that if you really examine his position closely, you'll, you'll notice the cracks forming already. There are some serious problems with his point of view and with many of the, uh, uh, you know, in my estimation, okay, could be wrong. I'm no one. It doesn't matter. I'm just saying what I think. And, uh, and what I think is that, yeah, there's some very intelligent people out there, but um, 
but so far I haven't heard anything that actually will solve the problem. Not to say that I think I have some idea that would solve the problem. I, I don't think there is a way to solve the problem. I think we're beyond that point. I think that, you know, talk is cheap and you can't really convince people of things. You can force people to do various things. And we're kind of seeing a, a trend towards that totalitarianism because we basically don't have enough consensus to have a functional society. And I don't see what kind of an argument because then it just becomes law of the jungle. Then it's just might makes right. And, you know, in some ways you can make the argument, well, that's the way it's always been. But I was brought up at a time where there was this idea of civic society. And while I wasn't the most patriotic person uh, in my youth, I do believe in some of the fundamental values of Western civilization. I see that there are some problems with them, but good Lord, is there any system that doesn't have a problem? So I, I think that it's, it's a tragedy the way things are going, but I also think that Western civilization has, in a way, dug its own grave. Uh, we've used the power that, that, that we accumulated in terrible ways, and there are costs for that, and you can't escape karma. You can't escape... Karma is the actions which have resonances, uh, a chain of, of events ricocheting throughout all of the world. You can't take that stuff back. And so all of the misdeeds, all of the horrifying, unnecessary wars and uh, opportunism, the, the ways in which the West has taken advantage of the rest of the world and, and put its energy into promoting these lies, these spectacles, these performances of greed and corruption and venality and, and just basically degraded. You know, Hollywood has an awful lot on its to, to atone for, if you ask me. I can barely stand to watch any movie anymore. And, and really now the only thing that I get out of a movie is maybe a little bit of insight into just how incredibly sick our culture is. And when I say movie, of course, I'm including all the various crap that's out there in the entertainment world. There are some rare exceptions. I really liked my octopus teacher. I thought that was amazing. But yeah, in general, it's a cesspool, you know, and, and so you have this basic pattern of civilization and we're in this, you know, it was the best of times. It was the worst of times, right? It, it, there's a reason why it said it was the best of times first, right? The, the phrase isn't, it was the worst of times, it was the best of times. There's a sequence in that whole thing. It was the best of times, and then it was the worst of times. Because people were basically taking advantage of their position, partying, right? That's what this civilization decided to do. Basically, everyone decided to have a gigantic party. If you haven't heard Tim Dillon's rant about... The American party is over. I highly recommend it. So, so that's all just to say I'm really not sure that anything can be said that will save the situation. I think we're on a sinking ship. 
And it's just a matter of time. And I don't know how much time. It could be a couple of years. It could be another couple of decades. Who knows? But it's not good. It's not a good situation. And I'm a person who has no particular power. I don't have a any real, you know, even if I did have power, I don't think it would make a difference. I think if I were in the hot seat right now, uh, I would fuck it up just like everyone else. Because it's fucked to begin with. But, but, here's the big but in the middle of all that horror. I do know that each of us has the opportunity to live our lives as best we can. And that significant things can happen when someone's mind is changed or when it's opened up or when you see something in a slightly new light. And you never know what kind of opportunity you're offering when you say something. There's terrible risks associated because you can do an awful lot of damage as well. And that's something that that bothers me, plagues me whenever I say anything to anyone. It's horrible. But whenever I say anything of any substance, (laughs) if I just, you know, if you follow the script, you never really have to say anything. You can do a lot of talking, but you never say anything. And that's the safest way to go. That's the way most people go, right? But if you're actually going to say something, you're going to offer something to the world, then you're taking a risk. And you, you can't be perfect, but hopefully there's something in here that's of value. That's the only reason I have to do this, is basically for the individual person listening now, where this opens something up for you. That's the only reason to do this, because we're beyond the point where things can be turned around. You know, unless there's a miracle. God, you know, God willing, we don't know. Nothing is set in stone. Things could change, and they could change on the basis of a few people changing their consciousness. You never know. You never know exactly what kind of difference you're making when you decide to honestly say something. (laughs) You just don't know. So there's risk. And, you know, there's also a tradition that says essentially there's a foolishness at certain points in time in expressing yourself. And that's something I'm also keenly aware of. I, I feel like a fool quite often for even thinking of continuing this project. But there's another factor here, too, that I may as well throw in here because I'm putting it all on the table about this issue, which is that, you know, maybe there's a psychological reason for this feeling the need to speak one's mind. And... In my case, I I don't like talking about myself, but, you know, sometimes your experience is an interesting thing to consider and to throw into the mix when you're talking to people. I grew up thinking that I was with people who I could speak freely to, but at a certain point, I realized that it wasn't true. And, and I experienced a tremendous amount of frustration in both my family and with my friends because I, for some reason I had this feeling that, that relationships were about speaking honestly. <laughs> and, and continually I was being uh, told in a very passive-aggressive way that that was not true. Basically, I would just get shut down, I get canceled, I get the silent treatment, 
I get no response. And it's tremendously frustrating. And I think particularly because this is a group of people, a kind of subsector of society, if you like, who seemed to think that they were very open-minded and that they were the ones who, you know, understood. I guess in a way that that's probably true of, of all groups, right? There is no group that thinks, oh, we're the closed-minded people. I don't know. Maybe there are. <laughs> Maybe there are some. It may be that, that uh, when people really fully recognize what the world consists of, then they say, yeah, I'm, I'm one of the ones with the closed mind. So, um, so it may be that this, this feeling of a need to express myself is more personal than I want to believe it is. That just comes from my own psychological frustrations. I'm willing to entertain that possibility. So, you know, I could perhaps come up with some kind of internal discipline to, uh, to avoid getting to that point where uh, where I just feel an overwhelming need to express something. Or I could recognize that psychological states are quite often a reflection of the overall state of things, the state of the world, if you like. And so it's really not personal in that sense. You know, we're at that point in a society where the lies are so thick and the corruption is so deep and the desperation is growing and nothing is being done to address it on any real level. And everyone's afraid to, to say something. Well, that's not true. It's not that everyone's afraid to say something. We've managed to establish a system where people can say whatever they want. It doesn't matter. <laughs> That's basically what the Internet is. And the brilliant thing about the Internet is that it gives everyone a way to exercise their voice. And it gives those in positions of power an ability to keep track of what everyone's saying. which means that the potential for things to change is dramatically reduced. And that's another reason why I think this is not so much about changing the trajectory that we're on. The people who are in power have made their decisions. You know, maybe there's still some struggles happening up there and there may be some changes in direction at various points, but the degree to which we have any ability to control those levers is essentially none, zero. Unless everyone loses their mind and rises up and does what just happened in Sri Lanka. But, you know, I think that it's well recognized that typically what happens when there's a, a, a rising up that way is that powerful fish come in and gobble everything up. 
the people rise up. The people don't really have a plan. They don't know how anything works. They rise up. They mob the state house. They take it over. And then what happens? I mean, nothing really works, right? And there are basically vultures, powerful vultures around just waiting for the right moment to take their pickings. That's pretty much what happens with the social revolution. So anyone who's got that in mind, boy, I really hope you rethink it. It's just, it's not going to work out. You know, some people just want to cause chaos and trouble, you know, and I understand that there's in some people a burning desire for revenge, you know, but that's going to be used in terrible ways. If that's, if that's the way that people start behaving, it's going to be used in terrible ways. See, the thing about the internet is that there are just so many games possible. And every psychological profile can play a role in a script for someone who needs that player. So if they want to run a particular game anywhere in the world, all they got to do is look for certain types of characters in the area that they're interested in, and they can put that script together. So in many respects, what this is all about is expressing a new attitude towards life. One that is politically aware but not politically engaged because there is no political solution. One that is practically minded but spiritually grounded. You want to be able to do what you need to do, but you need to be able to maintain an internal state of being that connects yourself with things far greater than the mundane crap you're having to deal with. And you have to have an understanding of things that shows you the importance of that connection. Because the spiritual dimension, you cannot prove anything there. There is no fact of the matter. It's an experience, it's an understanding, it's a vision, it's a picture of what's really going on. And part of that picture is that you can never really know. Only God knows what's going on. That's the classic way of saying it. And so this is restoration of a kind of humility about life. To free ourselves from these images that have been implanted in us since we were so young. That tell us that we should shoot for the stars. Dream big. And that anything is possible. All of those things, you can say that they're... There, there's a certain way in which it's true. Shoot for the stars can mean, well, become a star. I think that's typically how it's thought of. You want to rise to the heights. You want to be celebrated and admired by the whole world, just like uh, Michael Jackson, maybe. 
So um, it could also just be thought of as being something which is simply shooting for the highest, something cosmic. That has nothing to do with celebrity or achievement, ambition, nothing to do with climbing, social climbing, getting a higher position. There is this concept of the most high and the most high can only be seen from the lowest position, humbling oneself. That's why earth is the root that brings heaven about, the prenatal arrangement. Earth is all yin, all receptive, humble. You're listening to what's going on. You're not trying to make something happen. You're waiting for guidance from the greatest thing imaginable. You're listening for signs in nature, in the world around you, trying to understand the patterns. First, small patterns, little things that keep happening. And then larger patterns. Seeing how things play out over decades, centuries, millennia. Not the details, just the overall pattern. And at the very least, what you have then is something extremely interesting to be engaged in while the world falls to shit. So with that, I will leave you until next time, whenever that may be. I don't know how often I'll be doing these. If you find them of value, I hope you'll share them. If you want to be kept up to date, on the various things that I do from time to time, please sign up to my substack, Taiji Reality, T-A-I-J-I-R-E-A-L-I-T-Y dot substack dot com. You'll find a few uh, articles there about the trigram theory. If you are mystified by that whole thing about heaven and earth and you want to learn about what that's about, that's really a very, a very big part of my whole trip, if you like. And I do think it would be worth getting a sense of it. I'll probably talk about it some more if I talk. It always comes up eventually. And if you'd like to support these efforts, you can do uh, a paid subscription at that Substack, or you can go to my Patreon, patreon.com slash Taiji Reality, T-A-I-J-I-R-E-A-L-I-T-Y. 